As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I want to compete and I want to win. I want to get better and I want this to be a top 25 program. That's real. That's the truth and it can be. I want there to be magical moments and magical seasons. Like you guys have seen with Doug and Matt, we need to bring back those magical moments to the heights. That's why I'm here, and that's what we plan on doing. So to do that, I'm here to tell you, I'm in. I'm here and I'm in. And what I'd ask the students, get in. What I'd ask the BC community, get in. What I'd ask this football team, get in. For all you guys, get in, because it is gonna be real, it's going to be special, and we are going to do this together. Thank you, guys. Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, presented by 4th and Dude, brought to you by Boston College 24-7 and Armchair All-Americans. Season 3, special edition, Halfly on the Heights episode. After a tumultuous two weeks in Chestnut Hill that was full of fake news and fraudulent candidates, Martin Jarman finally found his guy. As the smoke rose out of Gasson Hall, and Jeff Halfley was officially named the 36th head coach of Boston College, as reported by 4th and Dude. On today's episode, we'll recap the Grand Slam hire, and if you're not in already, we'll tell you why it's time to hashtag get in. Matt, what a time to be a BC fan. Martin got his guy. It's an absolute home run. Future is brighter than ever. But before we get into everything, uh, which I think this is going to end up being one of our most positive episodes ever, which is a nice change of pace from some of our recent uh, more combative episodes. Um, but uh, before we get into it, a quick word from our friends at my bookie. Football season is just about over, but there is still time to get off the sidelines and get into the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all the football action every weekend, always with the most up to date lines and most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie, whether it's parlays, teasers, props, futures, live bets. They have everything you need to make money on the weekend. Best part is if you join my bookie right now, they will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a thousand, they'll give you a thousand to use on all of your best picks. Use promo code chair to activate the offer. That's promo code chair to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Matt, what a wild seven to 10 days uh, it's been as a BC fan. We talked about it the last time we were uh, on the microphones together, but we expected some, some action and while it was, say, a little bit of an up and down week, it ended with, I'd say, just about the best possible result. Yeah, what an absolute roller coaster. Going all the way back to really the day Daz was fired, right? Which was what, November 30th? And so there was a two week timeline after that. And it seemed like every day the roller coaster took a different twist. And as we got later in the process and everyone started freaking out that, you know, every other team in Power 5 had found their guy and BC was the lone wolf that was still looking for a guy. I mean, the Friday, and we'll get into the timeline, but that Friday that uh, we ultimately broke the the news that Halfley was getting hired, that Friday afternoon was probably the most absurd BC football, message board, Twitter, everything that I've ever seen in my entire life. Just every candidate you could ever think of being named as a possibility to fill this job. And, um, and and I'll tell you what, it's one of those rare hires that I think everyone is just absolutely sucked. Everyone's jacked up. Everyone's on the same page. Martin, you know, a- absolutely, a- absolute slam dunk hire from Martin. Uh, and I think it was well worth the wait there, Matt. 
Yeah, I would completely agree. I think Friday was what we expected when we were talking, you know, last time about how coaching searches are fun and there's a lot of action. And we didn't have that for the first, you know, six or, or seven days really of this search. And then, like you said, it absolutely exploded on Friday. Again, just I guess we, we, we will recap the week, but it was really no fun at all. I think on, on day one, it was everyone said, all right, it's halfly, halfly, halfly. Uh, reports came out that he, you know, had already interviewed in Columbus and he, you know, blew, uh, blew the, the BC interview committee away with his vision. And the guy was an absolute home, home run. And at that point, uh, our guys at 24 seven Eagle insiders, as well as the Ohio state 24 seven were basically like, yeah, it's not an if, but when. And as the days went on and we still saw halfly on these Ohio state recruiting visits, a little bit of doubt creeped in and it got a little bit uncomfortable for a little while because we weren't hearing anything else except for, again, some other rumors of, well, maybe we're looking at the Army coach or maybe we're looking at the, whatever, Texas A&M defensive coordinator. And all or of a sudden, if it's, it's not the Army coach, it's the Navy coach. Well, well the again, way, you're going to get... By the way, to, that's, that's locked in. It's yeah. definitely the Navy coach. Well, you're going to get... You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna leave me to Friday. But again, it was a lot of names that I don't think really brought the same excitement that, that Halfley did, but we didn't have the rumor mill and, and, and kind of all the excitement that we expected. And then, like you said, Friday happened. And footballscoop.com, I think who it was, dropped a report that basically says, all right, all of a sudden, the Navy coach now is in the front runner. But hold on, there is also a mystery second candidate that is a sitting Power 5 head coach that if he goes this way, it's going to completely change the landscape of college football. It's going to take people by storm, et cetera, et cetera. So, Obviously, we we let ourselves get loose with the rumors, and we thought it was maybe Harbaugh's trying to get off the hot seat, Chip Kelly, et cetera, et cetera. The names that Matt and I were texting back oh, it was and amazing. forth that, that Friday afternoon, it was it was like, wait, it's not it's not Belichick. Wait, yeah, we I Mike, literally Mike went, Rabel? is it Mike is it Rabel Obama? was a big one. Yep, Mike Rabel was a scoop. We basically had to go through because also this football scoop guy, whoever said was plugged in, he had a line that you know. Come Monday, there's going to be a lot of BC fans in New England. So that's like, all right, Mike Vrabel would make a ton of sense. Come coach his son for three years, would make waves in college football. He's one of the most beloved Patriot of all time. So we had a really fun, we had a, I don't know if fun's the right word, a very exciting uh, Friday afternoon. And then, of course, it all started to happen officially. Yeah. And and you keep saying it's fun. That was that most of that process, Matt, was was absolutely zero fun, at least as far as I'm concerned. And I guess to be fair, I was still when we recorded what a couple of weeks ago at this point, uh, it was shortly after Daz got fired and we we touched lightly on some of the potential replacements that was going to replace Daz. And I know we talked about Luke Fickle. We talked about Mike Norville. We talked about a few of these guys. I don't know about you. I was still kind of dealing with the, the Daz after show. Yeah, that, I wasn't I was really, that was just you. That's just you. I wasn't really fully invested in the coaching search. Hadn't really hit me yet that Daz was gone. I didn't really care um, who we were going to get. And then as I started to do more research, it was really Halfley that, that stuck out way more than anyone. And we'll get into all the, the pros and cons of this hire, but it seems like he's, you know, and it really culminated in the press conference he gave Monday, uh, which was yesterday, recording on Tuesday, where he's just, uh, you know, he's an energetic guy. He's, he's personable. He's likable. He, he he has all the soft skills. He's just kind of a fun guy to, to hang around with, and he certainly has the resume to back it up. And it's one of those things that, you know, we've seen in the past, like when Steve Adazio was hired, for example, it's not always the, always the popular choice that gets picked. And in this case, it, it sort of was, you know, it, was, it took 14 days for uh, Martin to get there. But far and away, I think Halfley, once Fickle was confirmed out of the picture, and by the way, I'd still take Halfley over Fickle, uh, it seemed like that was the clear cut number one choice, right. at least from, from the popular vote standpoint. So the fact that it all came together as well as it did. We actually got the guy we all wanted, and you guys know me. I'm, I'm you know, the biggest Daz um, defender of all time. I, I wish Daz best of luck in Colorado State, but I'm fully in on this guy, which is something I never thought I'd be saying uh, two weeks ago. I, I can't wait for, you know, the next era of BC. Under this guy, he's got all the right stuff, and he says all the right things, and it's impossible not to root for him, and I think it's exactly, again, what this fan base needs. Yeah, I completely agree. Although many people are saying the reason you're so high on him is because you kind of look like him. I don't know if you want to comment on that, but that's what I'm hearing on the streets. I don't. I don't think that's right at all. I mean, he's a fine looking guy. He's great. Um, I just I don't look like that, and okay. I don't understand. I don't. I, I look like Tony Romo. Tony so Romo. You, yep. For you guys no, that of course, don't know Tony me, Romo. Sean McVay, I think I've heard before too. I so look, yep, I look some yep. kind of combination of those three guys, and and I think you got you got your co-host right there. Um, Halfley's got a huge. He, he has like a disproportionately large head. 
Um, and I think it's because he has a huge brain it's in there. Genius. That's just that's a theory that I have. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah, no, it was it was you know a, a, just a tremendous job again by Martin and, and really the entire BC um, search committee, which was I think primarily Jocelyn Gates as well as Matt Hasselback, which was a cool little nugget that they dropped that he was basically sitting in on every interview and was you know go to guy throughout this process. There was a great article that came out in the Athletic today that was basically behind the scenes of you know what transpired over the last you know 14 days or so and. Now it makes a little bit more sense of, you know, yeah, the guy was preparing for a, for a national championship. He didn't know anything from Martin or he didn't know that he was the kind of leader in the clubhouse. So he was going to continue to go about his work. And it wasn't until Friday afternoon that Martin finally sent over the, the offer. So we heard Friday afternoon, we were starting to hear some rumblings from some couple of former players saying, it sounds like Halfley's the guy. We reached out to a very well-informed source who basically said, look, there's there's just not a deal. Um, so we kind of called off the dogs there. And then about three hours later is when we started to get the official word. It was right at the same time as the as the white smoke uh, yeah, started getting tweeted out. And then and we, so we're, then we're we new to this. We're new to the source game, relatively. We, we've had some success in the past. Jerry's Hamilton was, is, our, is our biggest feather in the cap, I would say, We had so that far. one. We had that one. And then we had Kai Bowman returning for his That's junior right. year. Yeah, we also um, in, we mixed in there that Adazio was getting fired last year, not this year. So that was you. That that, that, that one you have to wear. I would never. Break I just that I just news. launched it. I said, you know what? This this feels like it's going to be the play. Let's just let's launch it. But yeah, not always right. But we we turns out it's not that hard to get sources. You just ask the yep. right people. And, oh, it's amazing. People, yeah, we people just, are willing to share. Hey, what it's do you awesome. hear, man? Yeah. Um. So so yeah. So we got some intel from some some former players that we knew. Um, from back in the day and I don't know how they knew I guess Ohio State connection who knows doesn't matter but um, you know we figured they were reputable sources and so we were 99% sure um, that it was locked in and it was going to be halfway and we didn't say anything and then Martin tweeted out the the smoke coming out of gas and and uh, we just launched it he said breaking that was news. enough so, yep. uh, so so yeah so so full disclosure, us, we, were only, we were still we didn't have anything you know from a from a legitimate credible uh, you know, BC official source saying, you know, this is this is officially locked in, but we felt good enough about it to break it. And that is how you get into the sources game. I think that's how Schefter does it. He says, I'm 90% sure, let's launch it and, and cross our fingers. There's just no risk there. Yeah, I'll say it was a little bit hairy for the first like five or so minutes. And then we started to catch some likes from some, again, official BC athletic folks that we said, all right, we're, yeah. we're, prob- and then it was we're probably good here. An hour later, uh, Pete Thamel uh, yeah. said, said it too. So that, then we knew. We're literally, um, yeah, you're literally an accountant and you broke it an hour before Thamel. Good job, buddy. <laughs> right. And even actually, if you read the Athletic article today, uh, even Martin said when he tweeted out the white smoke come out of gas and yeah. it wasn't even official at that point, which is amazing. unfathomable to it's me. Absolutely this guy, this guy scheduled a, a pep rally for Monday yep. and then tweeted out the white smoke and there was no deal in place at that point. Right. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before, but... Um, tell you, he, he's got some cojones to do that and, uh, you know, it all worked out in the end. So, yeah, so we're officially, you know, we're still in the source game. We continue to be in the source game. Um, we've been primarily a, a basketball breaking news podcast, but it's nice to see that we're, uh, our football sources are finally coming through as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And again, I, I know I said it earlier, but I can't give enough credit to Martin on this search, not only on the getting his getting his man literally i mean the athletic the athletic article is is must read i know they're behind a paywall i think i stole this from you but um must read stuff if you if you do have the athletic subscription but uh, basically he decided in their first meeting in columbus which was i believe the thursday night before the big 10 championship game he says bingo this is my guy and from then for seven days i think they had very little contact he was talking with ryan day whatever but to actually be able to to close in on that and hone in on that is just a huge testament to you know what this guy can can get done behind the scenes um, and also say amazing how tight and I know there wasn't maybe a ton of news going on but how tight they kept the search overall just zero leaks a lot of the information that was coming out really I'd say the early part of last week through Friday afternoon was misinformation uh, we talked about again the army the navy um, all these other interviews that may or may not have happened as well so overall a, a great job by the athletics department I will say they did steal our white smoke idea which technically Ole Miss and Arkansas stole first um, but you know, it is what it is. I'm glad that we're all, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all boats, so to speak. So I'm glad I can uh, help out. It is funny that the ownership that you have over that idea, like you you came up with it when completely independent football programs also did the same thing. I think they've been doing it for years. Actually, it's UMass, not. They absolutely not. Because when, when Ole Miss did it, when Ole Miss it. did it, when Ole Miss did it, it was like, oh, my God, like break the Internet stuff. Like this is so funny and so original. So obviously they were one of the first to do it. And, you know, I let me put it this way. If we had like if we had like. 10,000 followers, I would absolutely 100% convince myself that 
like somehow that tweet circulated college football and they saw it um, as it stands now. I think that there's just a, you know, good Catholic uh, social media guy working at Ole Miss who has a very similar brain um, as Actually, I, I so credit to him. One of our followers is an Ole Miss guy. So I wonder if he was one of the people that liked it and then, Let's, you know, all right, let's go back through the It's a giant let's, game let's, of telephone. Yeah, we'll do it a weekend project. We'll figure it out. And maybe we get um, our head of legal on that finally. Let's, he hasn't done anything. Give him lately. a job, honestly. Yeah. Uh, although I will say, I was with our head of legal on Friday night when this broke. So I A, conferred with him on whether or not we break the news, uh, which he gave the green light on. And then, which he probably shouldn't have done that because that opens well, us up to is it slander, libel, one of those. Yeah. More, more so, though, he, he allowed us to attack some of these salty Ohio State fans, which I want to talk about next. So. There were, I'd say for the most part, Ohio State fans seem to be pretty gracious with this. They understand, look, we're a blue chip program. Our coordinators are going to get poached. That's just what happens. But there were a couple, and I think these are just people who have never left, you know, the general Columbus area. Uh, we'll call them mouth breathers. Ha- were just, you know, quite frankly, mean, not only about Halfley, but saying basically you'll be pathetic. This was, what's the other guy's name? Matson's defense, Madison's defense. This yeah. is his defense and Ryan Day's team. You're going to be nothing without those guys. I hope you lose 100 games next year. Um, and also, like, why, and mean to BC, like, why would you ever go to a pathetic program like that? So, couple people I, I snapped back at, a couple of our uh, followers I saw get in the mud there as well. So shout out to, to you guys, but uh, always had our, our head of legal approving it to make sure we didn't uh, cross the line as as some of my deleted tweets, I think, I think might have. Yeah, Matt, that's actually the poo that I have is, is the entire process of dealing with the Ohio State fans. I had no issue with Ohio State before the past couple of weeks, but you know, part of our, uh, you know, part of following the story and part of our fourth and dude responsibilities required us to spend a good amount of time on the Ohio State message boards. They had a, a guy that was pretty locked in, uh, as, as well as our guy at 24-7, um, who was also locked in the whole time. Um, but the amount of, of BC bashing on those message boards was unbelievable. And I get and, it. And really, kinda- and really but, but, but when you look at it, too, it doesn't make sense because if you actually think about the Power 5 jobs that were open, especially later in the process, I mean, there was nothing even on the same page as us, right? Like, you... Sure, make the argument Ole Miss is better. I would argue that we're probably better than Arkansas for in terms of a job. But SEC, I get that. That's all you know, a whole thing. But you know, at that point in the process, everything else was gone. Like, what did they want it to wait for? It's still a Power Five ACC job with you know, it's whatever four million dollar salary. I, yeah, no one, I, I no one can be that. That yeah, it's just crazy. complaints ranging from. Oh, BC should wait until after our national championship runs over, which literally no yeah, one has ever sure. done right. in history. Right. Um, number two, uh, if he just waited a year, he could put, he could pick a, a non dead end job, which I don't really think that makes any sense at all. Again, it's one of the premier jobs in the Northeast. He's a Northeast guy. He wants to be here. Um, the other thing they had a big issue with was apparently urban Meyer had a two year policy. Although I even saw that was debunked too, but apparently urban had told assistants to, to stick it out two years before jumping to, uh, to greener pastures. Um, but Ryan Day, by the way, gave uh, Halfley his full support and was uh, Halfley said how, how gracious Ryan Day was throughout the entire process and was a big reason that you know his recommendation to, to MJ helped seal the deal. So all that's a bunch of BS. Yeah, I, th- and I think that's an underrated part of this search too is, is Ryan Day's role in it. He's a guy that obviously loves BC. He coached here for, I think he said nine years, got his master's degree here. He's a New England guy. So having... You know, him, who is obviously not Halfley's mentor, but his current boss, you know, basically go through and say, look, this is a great place. It's going to be a great fit for your family. It's going to be a great fit for your personality, your coaching style. The fans are going to love you. I mean, that is like a huge, huge, huge vote of confidence. If, you know, Halfley was by any chance, I don't know, maybe having doubts or maybe wanted to hold out to a, to another opening next year or just loved life in Columbus, whatever. So absolute huge shout out to Ryan Day on that one. And then, Matt, the other thing that I, I think that this hire is absolutely humongous for is the New Jersey recruiting factor. So obviously with Shiano going to Rutgers, that throws a massive speed bump into our efforts in New Jersey, which over the previous say decade have been, you know, have been very strong and even prior to that, obviously, as well. Um, but losing camp, the both Campanelli's now at Rutgers, Shiano at Rutgers, they're going to be a wrecking ball when it comes to recruiting in that state. Whether or not they can turn that into wins is another question entirely. But getting an ace recruiter like Jeff Halfley is, who is also a New Jersey guy, is just about as good of a kryptonite as you could, could possibly ask. I can't imagine this guy coming into your living room, especially if you're on the defensive side of the ball, and not wanting to get on the next flight to Boston. He's just an electric factory. His development speaks for itself, and his you know former player relationships speak for themselves as well. Yeah, I think uh, our guys at 24-7 ranked him the fourth best recruiter this past year, which is pretty impressive for a guy that has only been doing this for 10 months now, um, at least within the last seven years. Uh, and I know a lot of people say, oh, it's easy to recruit at a school like Ohio State. And part of that is true. But 
you know, you wind back the clock seven years and he was also lighting it up at Pitt and Rutgers, which I think we'd all agree are, are less easy places to get kids to come to. Um, I read a story about how he got, he, he sort of saw something in Dion Lewis and recruited Dion Lewis to Pitt when no one else really wanted him. Uh, stuff like that. Just, just, I mean, that's absolutely enormous. That's who BC is. It's when BC is firing all cylinders, it's because they get the under recruited guy. They see the diamond in the rough and they develop them and they make them a, you know, into a, a next level type of player. So, um, High school, high school coaches in Jersey, which is obviously huge for us. They loved him in 2007 when he was a nobody. Now he's got all sorts of experience. He's, you know, the, 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 the co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State's got seven years of pro experience. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the battles that he's going to have with Shiano in New Jersey. I like our chances on those. If it was up to me, I'd, I'd come play for Halfley any, any day of the week over Shiano. Yeah, and, I, and what I could see happening too is is I think you could see Shiano get an early bump because uh, I think there is a lot of excitement in Jersey right now about him coming back. From the high school coaches, especially, and and even some of the players now that were what probably I don't know in in, in middle school or, or elementary school the last time they were good, but at least they have some recollection of it. I could see though after two or three years, if it doesn't come together the way that their thirty two million dollar offer you know thinks that it will, that it will very quickly fall off. Not nearly to the same extent, but a similar thing to like a Randy Edsel in Connecticut. You're seeing now what's happening with you know their fo- football program is just an absolute disaster. Whereas everyone yeah. thought, oh, he's going to come back and recreate all the magic when he was in a you know ridiculously soft Big East. Let's keep that in mind, by the way. Yes, that I'm glad the, you said the, that. The Big Ten is a little bit more difficult than trying to get to the Fiesta Bowl when you're in the Big East. Yeah, thousand percent. Um, and, and I know last episode, last time we talked, and this is just again me being pessimistic about the future. I said something like there's going to be a mass exodus of talent and all that. And I named a bunch of guys that could be transferring. I, I'm going to officially take that back, Matt. I, I, I sounds like from everyone I've talked to, pe- people love this guy. Everyone seems locked in on Halfley's mission. Um, the only one that's transferred of any sort of significance thus far is obviously Tony touchdowns. Well, which by the way, I mean, is, is, I, Not I don't think. End of the transfer portal, I should say. I mean, there's a good chance right. he, he comes back. I mean, Obviously, he's dealing with just some injury. He probably won't be able to play until you know mid next fall, anyway, right? So, um, but if if I'm him, and you know, I, I if Halfley said, "Hey, AB, I want you starting at quarterback next year," then you know that'd be something I'm obviously interested in talking about. Yeah, and again, we'll he's a Jersey happens. guy too. He's you know he's a Jersey guy, so there's going to be a relationship there. He was at the press conference, which is obviously a good sign. I think if you've you know, already, already transferred and said, I'm going to Rutgers or somewhere else. You're not really following through on that. I will give a shout out to him too. He did graduate as long with, I think there were six other players or whatever got their degree in, in, you know, early, um, which is obviously a a huge accomplishment. So now he is really free to go versus, you know, you look at guys who have, who have left early in the past with, without a degree. And I think that's something they would regret. So no, no hard feelings. If he leaves, I think it's one of those things that it's too bad that the timing never really worked out perfectly uh, in terms of, you know, staying healthy for, for a full time. But no, I'm with you. I think that's really the only one that is, you know, potential. And then on the um, inco- incoming recruit side, everyone has stayed solid with the exception of Ja Joyner, uh, who is still TBD. He's just basically pushing his, he, he essentially decommitted, but he pushed it off to the late signing period, the early signing periods coming up this week. Um, some rumors about Minnesota, but again, this was all before the new coach was, was hired. So now Halfley has, you know, three months to not only shore up a guy like him, but also get in the transfer portal, get other recruits um, that are on the board. I know there's, you know, it's, it's, I, again, I can't imagine not wanting to play for a guy like this, especially if you're on the defensive side of the football. Exactly. And, and I think Joyner probably saw our defense this past year and understands that he has a pretty good chance to contribute immediately. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. National signing day is tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's Wednesday. The early day. Yeah, I believe so. So it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, it sounds like Halfley is tied up in national championship preparation, which makes sense. But I think Rich Cannell's doing a great job in the meantime. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get those guys all locked down, as the reports are saying. Yeah, I agree. And then the other thing I'll segue off, off Gannell here, who, again, I, I've absolutely loved. And I think he's been a, a perfect uh, segue for this program. But I, I do want to talk about the coordinators as well. So that'll be really exciting to see what Halfley decides to bring in. I'm sure he will want to keep on some of these guys in the current staff. I think Gannell is is an obvious you know first, first choice for that. Um, a clear connection to BC, a clear connection to this team. You know, clearly the ton of trust in, in, you know, from Martin in him, as well as the rest of the staff to be interim for the next, um, you know, few weeks and, and through the bowl game. So he's a guy I hope stays on. And then, you know, beyond that, I think it was after we last spoke, but Bajakian officially went to, to Northwestern, which look, he was a, he was a great coordinator and it's obviously unfortunate to lose, but, um, I feel very confident in Halfley's ability 
between all of his NFL connections and his you know, major college connections that he's going to bring in a phenomenal staff. And I think you have some inside or potentially inside info on that as well. Yeah, this is breaking news. Uh, take this with a grain of salt because the source is Mark Bloodshun. The heaviest grain of salt you can possibly find, please. But Matt and I were talking about this pre-show. He just posted something. And I, I don't know. He gets dumped on a lot, but sometimes he does have some okay intel, even though he's mostly just throwing shit at All the right, wall. All right, well, his, his coaching search performance was absolutely pathetic. He literally posted like 7,000 names It's like BC, with 100 typos in each tweet. BC potentially looking at this coach. BC, and then on Friday morning, BC hit a snag. Excuse me. BC hit a snag with Jeff Halfley. So I think he has absolutely no idea, but this one you know, makes sense, at least logically. Yeah, so I, I think taking a step back, I mean, when you think about Halfley, we'll talk about some of the, you know, how this was somewhat of a risky hire um, in a bit. But when you think about it, I mean, he's coming in and he's a defensive guy. He's he's a defensive genius, at least, you know, as far as the D-backs are concerned. Um, so he knows the defensive side of the football. So, you know, obviously he's probably going to hire his protege in the defensive coordinator spot. So I kind of like him to, to hire someone up and coming there. And whether he calls the plays, the other guy calls the plays, doesn't really matter as long as they're, you know, sort of utilizing the same game plan that they did this year at Ohio State. Obviously, whatever they did there is working. Um, the big question mark is who the hell is going to be offensive coordinator for this guy that has never hired a staff before, really has never worked on the offensive side of the football before. Um, and one name that has come out, and, and I I'm, I'm, was kind of thinking that, you know, sort of have Sean McVay. So Sean McVay is obviously an offensive mo- mastermind. He went and hired Wade Phillips, right? Wade Phillips is a proven uh, defensive guy, knows how to, you know, operate autonomously, and McVay can just leave him to the defense, and that's that. I was kind of thinking Halfley would do something similar here. And the name that's being floated is uh, this guy, Scott Turner. I think that's his name. Let me get his, let me get his real first name. Uh, Scott Turner. I got it right the first time. Nice, good job. Thirty-seven-year-old offensive coordinator. He's the son of North Turner, and he's currently the sitting offensive coordinator of the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, they fired Rivera, so he's somewhat of a lame duck. Actually, similar to what Bajikian was last year. So, um, he's only thirty-seven, but he is, you know, obviously an NFL-level offensive coordinator. So. We know Halfley has a ton of NFL connections, and you know we have to trust his judgment to evaluate you know who the right guys are. So, um, you know, I, I was thinking you, you think about who he's interacted with in the pros. So he had stops at Tampa Bay, Cleveland, and then San Francisco. And so I was going through some of those coaching lists, and you know uh, Lafleur that plays or he coaches yep. the Packers now. His brother, his little brother, is the passing game coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm just spitballing here, but a guy like that, but I'm thinking he's going to dip into the pros. So I actually don't hate that theory from Blodgen that, you know, he could get this guy, Scott Turner. I think they cross paths at, at, in the pit days. So, uh, but either way, you got to have someone that's proven, knows what they're doing and uh, can operate somewhat independently because Halfley's going to have his hands full trying to fix this defense. Well, the, well, the other thing too, that came out, you know, earlier on in this process, but the big rumor was that again, uh, Leahy and the board of trustees, you know, due to Martin's lobbying, uh, proved a significant increase to not only the head coaching position, but also the coordinator pool, which is humongous. I think that we've seen in the past, you know, even a guy like Don Brown, who maybe is on the say higher end of the spectrum was making, I don't know, call it like 150 here and went to Michigan for call it like 600 K. So it's very hard to retain talent. And I'm not saying we need to get to that level necessarily. It'd be awesome if we did, but everything that we've heard is that the budgets will now make this a much more desirable position rather than let's try to catch you know, either an up and comer who's going to come here for a year or, you know, hang on to some retread like, uh, like we did with Bill Sheridan this year, a guy who just bounced around and says, all right, I'm nowhere else to go. So let me at least make, you know, 200 K for the final, you know, five years of my life. So, uh, I, I love that. And that gives me a ton of optimism. And then again, I I do think like, I, I think that there is something to be said about this young guy, first head coach experience where he is going to think a little bit outside the box versus a retread or someone who's, you know, coach forever and just kind of is going to, you know, follow the old old boys club, so to speak. I think that he's going to get very creative with it. I think we saw the same thing with Martin Jarman by you know not hiring a search committee, kind of doing things his own way, trusting his decision. So I expect the same out of Halfley. He's going to bet on himself, and I think he's going to hit a couple uh, home runs with with his hires. Is there a bigger scam going than search committees? It's a joke, isn't it? It really is. They pay $200,000 to have Brad Bates or Gene Filippo tell you these are the five coaches that your message board, by the way, had you know three weeks ago. <laughs> Exactly. Like, just listen to us. Like, save, right. save the hundred k. I never understood that because, I mean, as AD, that's 
the most important thing you'll do is hiring. It just seems like a lot of time they, they leave it all up to the search firms and whoever the search firms recommend, that's the guy they pick. And I think that's what Bates did. And it, it obviously didn't work out. Two well, Mac hires. Yeah, exactly. And then the other thing well, too. Daz worked out fine. Daz, 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 Daz was uh, obviously just great. I mean, the other thing too, credit to our guys at Eagle Insiders. They did a hot board like midway through the season, I think, of here are some names that we'd like to see, you know, if Adazio gets fired. And Halfley was their number one for, you know, the last like four months. So they were all over this guy. They were super high on him from the start. And and I think now that we're getting to know him a little bit more, we are certainly trying to to see that as well. And then let me just say too, the dap ups that we've seen him have with MJ, both at the press conference and in that video where they took the private jet to pick him up, you can't teach that kind of chemistry. I mean, that's like stuff that's like they've been best friends for, you know, seven years. It looks like these guys are 39 and 40 years old. I predict that it's going to be a little bit like stepbrothers and they'll have bunk beds in in the Connie Forum offices within two weeks. A thousand percent. And, and and by the way, that wasn't like rehearsed either. We saw the video from the private chat. That was the first time they'd seen each other, at least that day. Obviously, they'd done interviews before that, but like that was a first take, it looked like. And then there's just a the perfect dap. I'm fully with you there, Matt. Um, one thing we should talk about is probably the most important thing. I know we touched on recruiting and a couple other things, but uh, we, we should talk about what Halfley's done to Ohio State's defense this year. Um, so last year, Ohio State was 72nd in the country in yards Under Shiano, by the way. They were 51st in points allowed. They were 95th in 20-plus yard plus yard plays allowed. And I think we're like 128th in all three of those categories. It's so Ohio State, worse, yeah. so, so Halfley comes in, and he immediately transforms this defense um, into top five in all three of those categories. So um, obviously those metrics at the prior year are awful by Ohio State standards. Uh, I think Urban Meyer usually had his D, you know, top 10 at least. Um, so, you know, if he can do the same thing for us, I'm not saying we're going to be top five next year with this, uh, you know, the same defense we rolled out this past season, but you know, you figure he can come in on day one and just see a whole bunch of things that are wrong with this defense. And it's going to be like, like he'll throw in the Kansas film and it'll be like, uh, like Mozart critiquing, uh, who let the dogs out. Like it's, it's literally like, oh, I'm not really here for that Baja men slander. I got to be honest with you. I'm just saying it's, it's. I don't know what you want me to do with that. Man. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying it's 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 like they put together you know a good product on the field at Ohio State. They're top five in the country. What we tried to do this past season was not it, it was not defense. It was it was um, you know talk about the missed tackles that the schemes were were you know mismatch and you know it seemed like Bill Sheridan didn't really know what he was doing for you know the entirety of the year. And it seems like what what he came, what he what happened was you know he came in he completely simplified the defense. They've been running a ton of man the prior year that wasn't working. He uh, he implemented some some you know simplified zone concepts. And, you know, turn some of the D-backs into the best guys, into the, some of the best players in the country. I think one of their quarter, cornerbacks is an All-American. You know, several of them will be drafted. And, um, you know, he really transformed the same guys that, you know, weren't doing so hot last year. So if you can do the same thing, obviously, this year, then, um, you know, that would take away a, a, a huge pain point that, that cost BC a few wins last year. Yeah, and that's the key, too. I mean, we know that we don't have a Chase Young out on our, on our defense right now, but we don't need to be a top five defense. If we were a top 50 defense, we would be, you know, a, 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 we'd have two or three more wins on the year this year. There's no question about that. And, you know, we did say that most of this seems to be scheme issues of putting basically linemen in, in coverage and a, a ton of other head scratchings decision by Sheridan. So I, I agree with you. I think he comes in and he cleans up a bunch right away. But the second piece of it is the player development. I mean, we've heard the the quote from Richard Sherman now a hundred times about the way he sees the field, the way he can, he can, uh, you know, identify problems with, um, with, with, with performance and, and the way that, you know, people are doing things and fix uh, behaviors and other issues to actually get the most out of these guys, whether it's their tackling, whether it's, you know, the way they're, they're covering, et cetera. So he's, you know, a, a genius in, in that side of it. So I think that between the player development as well as just the, the scheme, which will increase immediately, but give it a year, two years of developing these players who, you know, maybe are not the most talented guys and that's okay. I think that you're going to see it, you know, pay off significantly. Um, and, and really that's, I think, been, been a sore sight for, for BC fans since Don Brown left. Yeah, I agree 100. percent But you know, this could be one of the biggest defensive turnarounds in college football history. I don't know what the the metrics are on that, but um, if he can do the same thing, then you know, obviously that would be ginormous. I do want to throw a couple negatives in here. Okay, Matt, is that all right? Yeah, I don't love it, but go for it. All right. So, so I touched on one of them already, but I mean, everyone's thrilled with this, and he was the popular pick. But you know, one thing that's being slightly overlooked is the fact that 
This is still a massively risky hire. This guy has zero offensive experience. He's got minimal, even defensive play calling experience. He's never hired a staff before. Um, and it, it, overall, we're putting a ton on the line here based on what Halfley's potential could be versus what he's already proven. Um, I do think this is the type of risk that we're all willing to take. And that's why everyone's so jacked up about it because everyone's sick of, of seven wins a year. And, um, you know, this is the type of guy that if it works out, he can get you out of the promised land. But I do want to put that out there, um, that there's a lot of ways that this could go wrong. And again, you have to make this higher. If you, if this is your guy and you believe in him, you have to do it because if he does the same thing at Ohio State with next year's defense and they're number one in the country again, then he's not taking BC's call. So you, you, there has to be some level of risk that you have to balance in order to, to make this higher work. But um, just putting that out there, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you're hedging your bets a little bit, but overall, I, I don't, I get what you're saying. Um, I feel better about it because of the fact that, you know, he, he is well seasoned and he's seen football at a lot of different levels rather than just say someone who, you know, kind of, let's say he rose with an Ohio State and he was a grad assistant there 10 years ago and kind of slowly worked his way up, linebacker's coach and now defensive coordinator. I think that the experience of bouncing around and working at those different levels and recruiting at different levels, obviously the recruiting at Ohio State is way different than it is at Pitt, for example. I think that is going to have him ready for this position. And again, I think being a Northeast guy helps a lot too. I'd be much more concerned about this hire if you know, we were say UCLA or something like that. And, and, and we were bringing some guy out from the Northeast. So I think it's yeah, a fair, but, but it's a fair concern you, to mention, but I'm not, I'm not overly worried about it. But you, you understand, like he's going yeah, from being in charge of four to five people on the field. He's a CEO to, now, right. Exactly. To becoming, to, to running the entire operation. Yeah, no, I, it's a I, huge I jump of responsibility. Agree. He wasn't calling the plays at Ohio state. No, that was, that was Madison, the other guy. So he, he had a very, uh, it was almost tunnel vision for the last 16 years. He's been in charge of just the D-backs. Yeah. And now he's going into a role that he doesn't have any experience in. And, you know, we still think he's the right guy and he's got a, you know, he's, he's got the right stuff. So, you know, the concerns are mitigated from that standpoint. He'll figure it out and he'll work hard and all that. But you never know what's going to happen until it actually happens with, you know, an inexperienced hire like this. Yeah. What I wouldn't hate to see would be to bring in some, you know, Paul Pascaloni type the way he came when he came in for Daz, but basically someone who is, you know, been around the horn, been a head coach. I don't even care, you know, if it's been really successful or not, but someone who, you know, has kind of overseen a program before, not to in any way sway Halfley's decisions, but more for if Halfley has questions, because I'm sure there's going to be questions that come up and, you know, I don't know what their relationship's like. It sounds like it's a great one, but I don't know that he can just call Ryan Day, for example, every time he has a overarching, how do I run a program type question. Um, so I certainly don't think he needs like a, like Daz. No offense, Matt needed a Pascaloni to tell him when to call timeouts and like basic things like that. He certainly doesn't need that. But I think just having a uh, senior Actually, consultant you know what would be electric, sort of thing, Matt, you bring Adazio back. I'm glad you you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> what if you what if you made them co head coaches? Yeah, no, I'm not on board with that. But thank you for why don't people do that? Why why don't you have like a defense coach and a and an offense coach? That's what that's called a coordinator. No, I understand. But like, what if you have these co DCs now? And I don't know. I, I if I got to the league, and I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside the box okay, here, man. Interesting. Um, anyway, so what? What other negative uh, to touch on? Um, actually, I have, I have two negatives. One, he cries a lot, Matt. He's a big. Oh cry no, baby, that's it seems okay. Like. That's in my that's in my positive category. Okay, just wanted to put that out there because I've seen three press conferences where he spoke and he, he's just crying the entire time. Matt, I have been in my later years become a super emotional guy. You cried I cry everything. I, a I ton know. now. Everyone knows this about me. That's in my con list about you too. Yes, it's fair, fair enough. I cry a ton now, so I, I can't love this some more. Look, I want a guy who has passion, who wears his emotions on his sleeve because you know why? Because criers like us, we get that that means that you care and you care so much about what you're investing yourself into or, or the subject matter that you're crying over. So I want this guy who says, look, I've, I've reached this role, whether it was the Broyles Award speech or this speech now. I've reached this role and I am so uh, honored and humbled and excited for the opportunity. So I have the fact that he is emotional and he's not afraid to show his emotions as something in the absolute uh, positivity. I think that the team will rally around that too. I mean, can you imagine, uh, you know, the, the the great videos that'll come out if it's a, you know, big upset over Clemson in the red bandana game next year or something like that and the emotion that will come out after that. So I am all about that and I'm, I'm absolutely uh, labeling that as a pro, and I think you're incorrect to put that in the cons column. The other negative I have is the Jeff Halfley era could be a quick one. Obviously, he's shown that he's you know an uh, ambitious guy. He's not afraid to jump ship to keep his career moving. Uh, this is BC is his seventh team this decade 
which is a lot. Um, he doesn't really have a, a real connection to BC. So, you know, there's there's a very real chance here that he has success in year one and two, right? And then some factory school comes calling. And if we're paying him three mil now and someone offers him six mil, you know, would he turn that down? Um, I do think there are some, some mitigating factors here. Um, you know, one being the fact that he keeps saying how he, it was his lifelong dream to become a head coach. He's a Northeast guy and he's got young kids. And at some point he's probably going to want to settle down. The wife's going to say, all right, you know, Jeff, let's, you know, hang out and need him for a while. This is, this is our home now. Um, so I could see that, but you know, history would show that if a big job comes calling after a couple of years of success, there's a very real chance that he's, uh, he's out of here. And then we're, we're scrambling for a new coach. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, and obviously it is a negative in the sense that you certainly don't want a guy who's going to leave after two years. But at the same time, I kind of like that it's not something that Martin was afraid of in this search because I I don't, I think that you box yourself in very quickly if you say, I'm only want a guy who no matter what is going to be here for five, six years, you know, as long as we want them for five, six years. I think you do result in, I don't want to say less ambitious, but, you know, maybe an older guy who has a really strong connection to BC, which is all well and good, but at the same time, that means that you're just not doing well enough to even get looked elsewhere. Like there are special cases. I think Al Washington maybe, you know, could could maybe fit that role of because he's a BC guy would would want to stay here forever. But you just can't promise that with anyone, you know, unless you're getting a Frank Spaziani who's just been here his whole life and he's 70 years old. And where else is he going to go um, if it's not a home? So, you know, I think I, I think that I, I, I understand the trepidation, but if Halfley leaves to go to pick wherever say say Dabo goes to Bama in, in in three years and he goes down to Clemson for seven million dollars clearly then that means that these next two three years were you know phenomenal and uh I I think the 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 trade-off is is almost worth it to put us in that in that position yeah I I agree and I do think in the back of my mind that and if it was me and and someone offered me the BC job at 40 I'd, I'd say all right this is this is if all goes well I'll be here for the next 30 years and be the next uh, was not, I almost said Joe Paterno. I, was, I knew you were going to say, say Joe Paterno. You can't do uh, that. Jim Trestle, I don't even know if you can really do yeah. anymore. Bill, Bill, yeah. Bill Snyder. Bill Snyder at Kansas State. I guess, but he hasn't really a won one. a lot. Yeah, Kirk for I mean, yeah, like Paterno and Trestle were your guys, but yeah, no, that's not that's not where we want to end up. I agree. I say this all the time. If you and I or you know our, our, our close friends were great football minds, like that would be just the best case situation because we'd never leave. Ever. We no. never live. So there's no job. Like, why would you want to go to Clemson? Like, right. why would you want to go to Bama? I, right. I just it doesn't move the needle for me. And he's he's like an underdog. He he keeps saying like, ah, I was the undersized guy. No one thought I could play, you know, big time ball. And you know, like he couldn't because you know he couldn't get minutes at, at Siena. But it doesn't matter because he's you know he became you know a leader and a coach and off a defensive you know genius and all that. So I could see that uh, there's parallels there between him and you know the type of stuff that BC offers. So if he likes that underdog mentality, and uh, it, and this this conference is sort of BC's for the taking, at least as far as second place is concerned. So if he, if he can rip off you know consistent ten win seasons, then um, you know he's going to be a legend. So yeah, no, I hear you. And then the other, I do want to note. I, I don't even really call this a, a negative because I think there's a it's just cool and and certainly can't blame him. And I think that there's benefits that could come out of it, but it's too bad that he can't start coaching for us today. Um, he is still coaching Ohio state through the CFP, which is 12 days away. And then hopefully another you know week after that. But I will say, I love that he has a full month of Clemson prep and, and, giving him, you know, 14 days to break down Trevor Lawrence, I do think will will help us next year, honestly. Um, and then the other side of it as well is from a strictly recruiting pitch perspective, having the defensive coordinator of the uh, national champion walking into your living room, you know, the day after the title in, in BC gear, I think is a is a nice selling point. So I, I'm kind of mixed on that. I kind of want him to stay hungry. I kind of want him. Well, fair. a couple things. I'm rooting against Ohio State because of their fans. That's I'm fair. not rooting against yeah, Halfley, but their fans are the I love Ryan Day, though, too. Worst. I agree. I'm in They're a, already I, saying – the fans are already saying if we lose, it's because Halfley was too busy dealing with you know, recruiting. For yeah, that we saw that is, during the first half against Wisconsin when they went down 21 nothing. The anti-Halfley <laughs> tweets were amazing. Yeah, Ohio State fans are officially the worst. I think best case is Clemson wins 3 nothing. That's fair. Yeah, I can I can so Halfway that. has a good game, but they lose and then Ohio State fans can, uh, can shut up. I just – I hate Clemson and, now, too, man. I'm so out on – I'm just done with Clemson. Yeah, I think it's it's LSU. I think that's the uh, the people's champion yep. right now. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree. Um, and then a couple other quick hitters I have. So this I saw in the athletic article today. 
when he met with Jarmon in the committee in Columbus, and then again when he came back to BC, his wife Gina made went out and bought him a maroon tie and made him wear it, which is I think just a phenomenal move, and it shows that uh, coaches who are interviewing for four million dollar jobs are not so different than a couple of 21-year-olds in, in Lake Street getting ready for a uh, consulting or, or financial interview in downtown Boston. It's all about the tie. That is the first thing people notice and really sets the tone for the interview. Yeah, and whether that should have been a, a huge factor uh, from a football standpoint. <laughs> Matt, first impressions uh, matter, man. That's 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 rule number one. I'm, in, I'm into. I, I love that. And I love that he was the only one that rocked the maroon and gold. Right. These other candidates... And, and I guess this is the last point I wanted to make on, on Halfley. It's just, it's all the intangible stuff, right? I mean, that's what really sold me as, as I started to do more research on this guy was watch his videos, whether it was the, the press conferences or when he was mic'd up in practice. You know, he's just got this this energy about him. He's relatable. Um, and, and sometimes he just, these people just have the it factor, right? Like you, you compare Halfley to a guy like, we should always give Dave Doran shit, but Dave Doran doesn't have an, the it factor. Dave right? Doran stinks, yeah. You, you bring in Jeff worst. Halfley, compare him to, to Dave Doran or even Mike Norville, and who, who Florida State just hired, and Halfley just kind of gives you the feeling that he's not going to screw this up, right? And and I tweeted out yesterday, but the story where you know he uh, wrote a hundred letters to every program till he got hired, like that's a, that's a football guy move. Yep, and, it's a great and, coach move. The, uh, Buzz Williams, uh, basketball coach, is just if you're a great mind, that's what you do. You're hungry. Exactly. You don't you don't accept no as an answer, and you keep bothering these people until until they finally agree to hire you. Like even in the the press conference on yesterday, when his uh, his daughter started you know saying something, and he goes, "Can, can, you, can someone get that baby yeah. out of here?" Like he's he's electric. He's an electric up. factory. Yeah, he's an electric factory, and I'm, I'm glad he's our coach. And I don't think I'd be saying this about anyone else. So yeah, no, I'm I'm, 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 gl- I'm really I'm really relieved and pleased to hear that you feel this way. It, it makes me makes me happy as a friend and a co-host and a fellow BC fan um i'll just say in general too the press conference was absolutely phenomenal much must watch stuff i would say for the full 27 minutes his get in speech that that we'll we'll put in at the start of the episode is just an absolute first ballot soundbite rally and cry to get the fans to get the alumni even you know local students everyone involved like that can't I couldn't be more fired up when I was watching that. And I'll say shout out to BC Marketing moving really quickly and, and trying to capitalize on that, championing it with the you know hashtag get in. They sent, I got like three emails yesterday for either donations or season tickets, whatever, saying, all right, it's time to get in with Coach Halfley. And I'll say too, I, you know, I, I think that they've uh, the, by the reports are that again, they've made an investment in this in, in terms of his salary and the, and the uh, court, uh, coordinate sorry, the coordinator's salary uh, and other you know, BC or football-related spend, I think that we owe it to the administration and, and the you know, department to, to prove them right. Uh, whether that's buying tickets, whether that's donating, whatever, I think that we need to prove to, you know, I, I know that, that the athletic officials know it, but to prove to the board of trustees and to prove to Leahy that, hey, you know what, when you guys actually care about sports, we care and we want to give back and we want to be part of that. So I know Jarman already said that tickets were way up and donations were way up. Some guy already tossed in a, an extra six uh, six figure donation, which is was not you or I, I don't think. I can't, I guess, confirm, but it doesn't sound like something that we could quite pull off, but absolutely love to hear all that stuff. And I think it's will only lead to more you know good things. And even if Halfley does leave, it will make it so that when this next hire comes up, they say, look, we spent $4 million last time. We can spend more. We know it's going to fire people up, whatever, but it's just going to lead to better things down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And, and September 2020 can't come fast enough. Um, spoiler alert, I think we're going to be back on the road to 10-2, and two, although we'll have to talk about that offline. We have a lot to talk about in the offseason. Yeah, I, do. I, I want to just talk. I don't know, Matt, what this, what you think, just quickly, what you think this this means Matt, for, the, for the fourth and dude brand. It's a little I, bit of I TV. Have, Matt, I have a feeling we're going to have to change something. I, I got you. Um, well, again, keep an eye out like you just alluded to. There's a lot of half, half, halfly puns coming out. So that's both – it can be half, like one over two, um, half time. Um, you can replace the word have or haven't with half or haven't. Uh, so be a lookout for that. I think you, you'll notice that we had a, a new intro uh, song for this episode as well as a new outro. Uh, it all will be on the half theme. We're going to be trying out some musical chairs to to figure out what the what the right move is. But really, we'll in- you're 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 doing it now. Oh like, yeah, D- Daz's body isn't even cold yet. Oh right? yeah, you're no, no, we're, we're, it? we're moving on. It's Matt. It's it's half time. All right, this is just it's moving a little too fast for me. <laughs> I want to be in, and I am in, and I'm getting get in. in. But uh, I'm also. Uh, 
a, a fully uh, big fan of Colorado State, which we didn't talk about enough this episode. I think, I think I'm glad we did not talk about that. I might I start a, Colo- a Colorado State podcast. So just move a lot anyone, of dudes over there. I mean, again, we have the logos. Yeah. You can just change the colors. If anyone in Fort Collins is listening and is looking for a co-host, I'm interested. Um, no, but but overall, just absolute slam dunk. You can tell how psyched we are. Uh, the future for this program is is unbelievably bright with this guy. And um, again, it's just it's time to get in. It's now or never. It's get the- in. This is the most universally praised BC move in years. Like I haven't seen anyone in the BC community be, you know, obviously I think I think your concerns were, since, were fair, but no one's been negative stadium. about it overall. Since since beer was introduced into alumni, it's definitely the most popular thing since that. Yeah, completely. Um, awesome. So we'll we'll probably get back on the microphone post bowl game. Would be my guess. I feel like we don't need what? to do a pregame. No, we need to do a pregame. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we'll, right. we'll talk you know, about that in, talk our, in our fourth line, and dude in our fourth and dude meeting. We'll talk about that as well. Yeah, it's, it's January second, right? So it's yeah, like I the holidays time. and it's New Year's and it's all a lot of stuff. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to figure that one out. But um, we'll do we'll we'll do a, a Cincinnati preview. It's a it's a big bowl game, man. Come on, we'll do it. It's a bowl game. I know, but it's a little opponent. Say it's a big it's, bowl game. It's a it's a bowl game. It's it's uh, the seniors' last game. Tanner Carafa's last game. We're gonna do a podcast for Tanner Carafa, okay. if for okay. no one else. If for no one else. All right. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks again for listening, Matt. I'll say that these episodes are a lot more fun when we're both in a good mood and we're and we're both on the same page, which again has been, I'd say, relatively foreign around here over the last couple of months. So it's good to have you back. It is just a, a great it's day good to have be you back, Eagle. Matt. Yeah. Thanks. It's just a great day to be an Eagle, and it is a great day to get in on the Halfley bandwagon. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fourth and Dude. I see you, Chris O'Donnell. Thanks for shooting that follow to us, Robin, and our friends. Did you know that, by the way? That was a big, big get for us. When did that happen? Uh, when we broke the news. Because I'll give the you know the Barstool BC guys. They respected the biz. They gave us the credit in their Halfley posts. Um, and O'Donnell was was all over that. Smash that follow button. So be like Chris cool. O'Donnell. Is um, he our most and, famous follower now? Yeah, for sure. Probably, right? Not even close. Yeah, not I even close. I don't know who number two is. Yeah. Patrick Tolles. Yeah, could be. Could yeah, be. probably actually dead right. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, follow our friends over at twenty four seven as well at Eagle Insiders. They were they were great throughout the week, um, leading up to this. Despite there being very little information to to leak out and report, they were um, trying to keep us up to date as often as possible. So, Matt, I'm going to close with this. I, I, I want to know your thoughts on it. Half a great week, everyone. I was going to say glasses halfly full, folks. That's excellent. We'll workshop both of those. Get back to you guys. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.